week 16 was a disaster. Uh, just uns- just stuff we cannot speak about again. But if Joe Flacco can come back the way he is, we can bounce back. It's time for the last full real slate of the regular season. No BS. Week 17 of the Pick and Power Hour. We're going to find winners on the underdog board. And it's starting now. Welcome back to the Player Profiler Pick and Power Hour. We're your hosts, Ahan Rungta and Trevor Tipton. As usual, coming at you from Facebook and YouTube Live. We only have shows on Fridays now. Remember, if you're listening as a podcast, make sure you come on streams. We're going to be going through the playoffs, through the end of the season with the Super Bowl. Last year, we had so much fun, uh, you know, on the on the Player Profiler Network, winning all the way through the playoffs. We dominated, and that's what we plan on doing. But it starts today with a little bit of a bounce back. We tried to get one going last night with uh, Thursday night football, the two piece between the Jets and the Browns. And if you if you want an entry from from that uh, from that uh, from that game, it was likely because of a Brown stack. But we went a different route. We thought. This would be the game where Joe Flacco is not the best quarterback of all time, uh, but he was. Uh, and uh, we had a little Riley Patterson and Garrett Wilson two-piece. Garrett Wilson got his five catches, would have at least pushed if Riley Patterson kicks two field goals. They convert five touchdowns and go for it on fourth and four in the first quarter up six. Just utterly disrespectful to the Jets, but utterly disrespectful to us. We deserved at least a push on that entry. But uh, Trevor, I know you're getting spicy today. It's it's uh, about time for week 17. Uh, what are you what are you most looking forward to, or do you have any takeaways from the last one week of football since that's the last time we talked? So I have a, I'm in. We're underdog. We're, we're going to talk about underdog here. I am in one of the Superflex finals, and I was uh, carried there. Goff is my only quarterback I have left. So Superflex, that's tough. But this team had a Pickens Amari stack. So uh, it just picked me up and right, like just carried me all the way into the finals. Um, I am not, obviously Amari was out yesterday, uh, but I am not counting on much for Mr. Pickens this week, but I have a pretty cool stack on the rest of that. Um, I got a nice lion stack with it, Um, but we are getting injury news after injury news today. it's been a wild last 24 hours. Uh, I I can't believe I, I mean I had I started in a pretty high stakes uh, home league. I started Flacco last night. Uh, the guy I'm going against is not happy with me. He's like I because I started him over Stroud. I just I'm just worried they go run a little bit more with CJ. You know there uh, I don't see the need for them to risk CJ at this point. Um, like it just doesn't make sense in my head. I'm like. Why would you go do that? Why, you know, why risk Stroud? Why go after that? But um, I'm excited. There's uh, there's some ugly games. There's some good games. And the thing I like is almost every game matters this week for the most part. Three quarters of these NFL games actually matter. Um, and because of some of the losses last week, we're I think we're going to have a spicier week 18 than we normally would. Um, instead of it being dead dead, we're actually going to have some extra teams that are playing for number one seeds, you know, home field, um, you know, uh, wild card spots like that. You know, we have some teams that kind of went out. So uh, I'm excited. I can't wait to see uh, what we cook up for uh, the Chargers in Denver. You know, we got the quarterback battle of the century going there now. So uh, 
And if you're an FL team, no one's going to uh, no one's going to trade for Russell Wilson, and they all know that Denver is stuck. They're going to make him eat the dead cap money before anything happens. So that should be fun to watch. And we got you know off the off the note of the the Joe Flacco comeback and everything that's weird that's happened over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I want to give a sh- we. It feels like almost every week I give a shout out to to either a player or a team that made me learn something. And last night I learned that the Browns are the Rams of the AFC. Like they legitimately could win multiple playoff games. Right now, if the Browns and Chiefs played each other on neutral on a neutral field. I probably would pick the Browns and I'm not even, it's not just, you know, reactionary to what Joe Flacco is doing. I think he got away with some mistakes yesterday. I, you know, he's not going to throw, they're not going to produce five touchdowns every game, but roster, you know, lick for lick roster, you go down that list. The advantage is, is always Patrick Mahomes for the chiefs, but the Browns defense, one of the best in the NFL, the chiefs, they've allowed huge running games. They've allowed huge passing games all season long. They don't have a real identity. Uh, they, they're very top heavy. And of course, it's just going to come down to, can anybody outside of Travis Kelsey get open? And if Rashi Rice is going to be the only answer, that's not enough for the Browns. So I'm learning that, that the Browns, and I'm very happy for them with Joe Flacco at quarterback. I'm very happy with him at quarterback that they are a in that you know tier of not really a contender, but close to it. Uh, so I'm happy for them. I would bet the Browns money line in Kansas City right now. If this Absolutely. was a first That's round great. playoff in weeks next week, even on even not a neutral field, even yeah. if they're in KC, the thing if you watch what I, right, I love the Amazon Prime Vision. Uh, I think every game should have to have that now. It's fantastic. Uh, I love seeing the stats. Them showing how fast Miles Garrett gets off the line is amazing to watch like that that's a problem for the chiefs like he he would be a problem like i said they let people run over him uh i would take them there now uh but i agree those are two teams you know we're getting there that people just don't want to see uh i'm interested to see you know the bounce you know the bounce back for a few of these and of course um the game i'm most excited about is baltimore miami um i'm interested to see if if miami you know this this is a playoff game for Miami because they need to show that they can play with these guys. So uh, I'd like, I'm, I'm really excited for that one. Shout out to Thomas, who's watching from Facebook. Good to have you watching the show. Says Zamir White time, let's go. And I think this is a, a good reminder that the we still have a, a curse on. I mean, it's not really a curse, it makes scientific sense, but I mean, people say it's a curse. The reigning leader of touches in the NFL. Once again, hurt, and Josh Jacobs actually made it through a you know dozen a dozen weeks without any injury concern, pretty much. But he's now hurt, and it's going to happen. It's just the truth of the NFL. Um, scary injuries can happen, but even the unscary ones necessarily. It's it's a lot to lead the NFL uh, in touches, and right now Christian McCaffrey is leading the NFL in touches. He hasn't been hurt in a few years, but it's just scary for Christian McCaffrey next year. Zeke Elliott, still the only running back in over the last decade to play almost a full season after leading the league in touches the previous season. And maybe we'll talk a little bit of Zeke Elliott today. What a character he has been. Uh, He's got two touchdowns when we need over four and a half rushing touchdowns for a season-long entry. Um, 
putting the Patriots uh, in the season long, once again, hand up. That's on me. Uh, just just one of, not, not one of my brightest ideas. But enough uh, of the sad talk. We're about to get into week 17 action. I think we both agree I like the board. You might like it a little too much based on uh, what I think you're going with. But before we get into the week 17 slate, let's hear a quick word from the Podfather. DFS getting harder every year, but we're here to make it easier with the DFS Dominator because I know a lot of optimizers keep coming out. Oh, our optimizer. What about this optimizer? But that optimizer. Well, we have a cash game optimizer that leverages the projections from Dario, Billy, the award-winning projections at playerprofiler.com and builds the best lineups for cash games that have both upside and stability because that's what you want. It's a couple clicks, boom, boom, boom. You get the best possible lineup for your cash games. But for tournaments, traditional optimizers don't work. That's why we have a lineup genius, which takes you through the process of building lineups the way they should be built. Which quarterbacks do you want to be overweight on? Then building stacks, then setting runbacks, then optimizing, and generating up to 150 lineups that you can easily import into DraftKings, into FanDuel. That's the DFS Dominator. It's only $45. A year, not not a week, a, a year, a year. Just go to Player Profiler, click on the DFS Dominator from the menu, and you won't be sorry. We're back on the Player Profiler Pick and Power Hour, where we are live on Facebook and YouTube, and we have some questions in chat. And uh, coming in uh, from Brandon with a fantasy question, pick to Saquon, Isaiah Pacheco. So Saquon faces the Rams. Isaiah Pacheco is concussed and faces the Bengals, uh, Stefan Diggs, and Devontae Smith for fantasy. We always love answering these questions. For me, it's Saquon, and even though his role has been diminished the last couple, of, the last few weeks, I still want the ceiling of Stefan Diggs against the Patriots, who is absolutely owned, and the Patriots' defense is even worse than it has been um, over the last couple of years. So for me, Saquon and Diggs. Yeah, it's easy Saquon Diggs for me. Like that's that's not one hard to think about with the matchups this week. Now we're going to get into some underdog pickems, and once again, if you heard the promo just now, next year when you uh, have the full, you know a full season, you want resources for the full season. You want fancy resources. You get the DFS Dominator, but you also get along with the DFS Dominator, you get the underdog pick generator. We're coming off our worst week of the season, a rare below 500 week. We're 5-11, and 11, and that's that's never happening again, right? So we just don't do that. Even after the 5-11 and 11 week on the underdog pick generator, we are still at around 60% on the season with our picks. And basically what that is is early leans for the week. Friday mornings, Friday afternoon, we upload early leans for the weekend slate. And you can build your entries on underdog, and you can tail us on underdog fantasy using promo code UNDERWORLD, a W website for best ball draft, but a W website for NFL pickings. And look at this massive W, which I didn't even realize. We lost one of our two legs, but because Garrett Wilson pushed, it's a refund. So underdog, a great, they, they have us insured. We didn't deserve to lose that entry. And underdog said, you know what? You at least pushed on Wilson. You get back your money. Go win some more on Sunday. And that's what we're about to do on the underdog pick and board. Trevor, where are you starting? All right. We're going to start with 
the one standalone I'm going with on this. We're going to get wild. It's week 17. We haven't done one of these because we're responsible. Uh, but we're going to start with uh, Jacksonville, Carolina. And as we know now, uh, unfortunately, T-Law is out. And now we get C.J. Beathard. He is going against what is the number one pass defense in the NFL. They have only given up – Carolina has only given up 2,794 yards this year. Um, They've only given up 3,054 air yards. Um, They've only given up 272 receptions. Like, there's just – like, people don't even throw against them. They have less – they're the only team with less than 400 targets against them. Um, So we're going under 32-and-a-half pass attempts here. This is just a spot. Now, what do we know about Carolina? They can't stop the run. <laughs> so on the other side of it, this is going to be a Travis Etienne week. They're going to give him the ball. Beth will throw a little bit, but this number is entirely too high for this game against the best pass, uh, pass defense in the NFL. To give you an idea, the last few weeks, Desmond Ritter, 20 attempts. Derek Carr, 26. Baker Mayfield, and they're throwing the ball, 29. Uh, Tennessee Levis, 28. Uh, Dak went over at 38, but like Minshew, 26, Stroud, 24, Goff, 28, Kirk Cousins, 19. Like they've, this is, Carolina has a great pass defense. And so with CJ coming in, uh, this being where it is, them needing to win this game, no need to put the ball in the hands of CJ here and say, hey, go throw the rock 40 times. Let's give it to Travis. Let's run the ball. Um, I even think they scheme some, you know, Ridley sweeps and jet sweeps and, you know, they're going to throw, you know, some short screen screens and stuff like that. So I really like this spot for, uh, for him. I like it. And, uh, I got in a lot, uh, you know, on the, uh, on the Panthers early. If you read my game line articles on playerprofiler.com slash articles, I got in on the Panthers early because they're playing some inspired football right now. And it, it, for what that means is, uh, you know, their, their defense is playing. Okay. And, uh, specifically, like you said, the pass defense has been outstanding. And Bryce Young actually, for the first time ever, looked like a solid quarterback in the NFL. Uh, of course, it came against the Packers and it, it, that Joe Barry defense, which is really not good uh, last week. But it is something, and the Jaguars defense also declining, not very good. So I would not be surprised if this is the one slow-paced game where the Panthers actually – control this game early for the first time on the season the Panthers control this game early and uh, it'll be a slow game if so and that's just gonna you know, be lead to fewer pass attempts for Beathard but notably the Jags are still favored so I, I, I love this spot and worth noting that on some books it opened up at 33 and a half and has since moved down just in minutes on the books to 32 and a half which is why we see it there so nice to get yeah I, I think this is going to end at 30 and a half Uh, come game time. All right. So we're going to go to the uh, Las Vegas Raiders Colts game. We found out, uh, you know, they came out and said, Mr. Jacobs is doubtful, uh, which basically, you know, Pierce said he's not playing without said he's not playing yet. Um, So we're going to take a gamble. We're going to take a steer. We had Thomas come out and say it. I already had him in the queue. We're going to go with Mr. Zamir white and we're going to go over 70 and a half rushing yards. Um, we saw what he just did to Kansas city and Kansas city has been one of the better rundies in the league this year. They have not been, they're not the best, but they haven't been terrible by any means. Um, he had over 20 carries 
Aiden's still in at quarterback. We see that we know that teams can run on him. Uh, this is just an easy, easy play for me here. I think this line is also going to move up. I think we're going to see this be a 75 to 77 and a half higher by the time it closes. Um, and I like what Pierce is doing in Las Vegas and Al Davis is a fool if he's not the head coach next season. Oh, I was on mute. Nice. You were. Great, great pause for our producers to get rid of in the post game, but uh, I like it. Are you staying in this game? I am. And we're going to go down to it. Death taxes and Michael Pittman receptions. Um, as every, if anybody's paying attention, um, this is just a great way to stack this game. Uh, Pittman took that terrible, terrible, awful hit. Um, I'm glad they kept him out last week. He shouldn't have played, but tracking looks like he's going to play this week. He gets the Raiders past And while the Raiders have played better recently, Gardner Minshew acts like it's Valentine's Day every single weekend with Michael Pittman, and he only has eyes for him. That's all he has eyes for. Um, Pittman has averaged 11.4 targets in his last five games, even without, even getting knocked out in that game in the first half. He still had that. He's over 10 targets on the year. Um, he has, he had before that game of getting knocked out, he had six straight games of eight or more receptions. We see no difference here, and this correlates. I actually think the Raiders are going to be able to put up some points on Indy, uh, and in turn, Indy's going to have to move the ball. Uh, and if we know, it doesn't matter who's covering them, that's where they go, and then I'll give the rest breakdown because i got two more picks. We're going with a five-pack today, so I don't want to take too long and bore everybody. So now we're going to go to a Hans team, the New England Patriots. We're going there. We're going to the New England Buffalo game. And we're going to start with Mr. Bailey Zappi, and we're going under two and a half, 205 and a half pass yards. Um, this is actually sad for me. I like Zappy. I actually think Zappy could throw the ball in this offense, even with the limited weapons, but Bill refuses to let him. Bill just refuses to. He's like, he like has like an allergic reaction to let Zappy sling the ball around. He just doesn't do it. He doesn't let him. And if we go in and I pull it up here, let me pull it back. I had to switch screens here. So, um, I just want to make it perfectly clear. Just, uh, you know, put it on record. I've said this on multiple player profiler shows. I do not like Zappy, and I would also not let him sling the ball. Um, but either way, you know, even if he does let him sling the ball in a negative game script here, I think I think this lower is going to hit because bro is not good. I just want that on record that I do not agree that he he is decent. Uh, I think okay. Let me rephrase it. He's decent. He's a decent backup in the NFL. Mm -hmm. I think he's a guy you can plug and play in a game where you need a guy fill a game or two, he's not the answer in New England. Like, I don't think he's a guy that's going to start, that's going to have a long career. But we saw what Buffalo did to Dallas. We saw what they did to Philly, right? We saw what they did to Russell Wilson, Zach Wilson. Um, you know, ever since they made the switch, Buffalo's turned it on. Um, and this is not the same defense that got torched by Joe Burrow earlier in the season, even with their injuries. Um and so, with that being said, I'm going to tie it into the man we started talking about at the beginning of the show. And if they don't go through the air, where are they going to go? They're going to go on the ground. And this is gross because of how good Buffalo's run D is. That being said, we are going with Ezekiel Elliott 
over 46 and a half rushing yards. Um, I, crazy to think his reception line is four and a half. Zeke Elliott in almost 2024 as a New England Patriot has a four and a half reception higher or lower. That is That might be one of the most wild stats of 2023. Is, I hate I hate and love this sport so much, yeah. and Zeke Elliott encompasses it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's actually a great way to say it. So again, what you know, we know what teams can and can't do. Um, we have now seen that. Hey, right, Bill is willing to give him the ball. Uh, Zeke is, you know, he's not his 2018 self, but Zeke has looked good. They're using him in the offense, uh, and in a game where they're going to need some yards, I like stacking this and tying this together. Um, I think there's some upside with it and player profiler, Billy and, you know, Dario and the boys model him to 75 yards this week. So if we're going to model him there, right? Like that's a, you know, for me, when I'm going there, that's one of the things I, I really, really like is like, Hey, where are we going to land there? So let me pull up. I got a really cool stat here. Give me a second. I got to pull it up because there it is. So he's I, I, I can't I can't believe you're actually taking taking a five pick and putting your everything on the line bounce back week you're putting everything on the line for for a five pick and I'm I'm going to end up with a three pick but this this is respect so shout out to my co-host for yeah. for bringing the vibes in week seventeen at least yeah so I was debating on whether to go insured or not insured and just yelling it I am going to go insured that's the smarter play here so an insured play if we do four out of five we still get. 125, which is the equivalent almost of a two pack. Um, so I'm going to insure it uh, in case one of them sells us. But if I if I make 10x on this disgusting thing, I will be very very happy. No need to get greedy and go for the 20. Uh, and I am locking it in, locked in. And you know what? So will I. It's a bounce back week. <laughs> we've always this entire season. How many times total? Maybe once. Have neither have neither of us hit an entry? You know, first seven yeah. weeks or so was you hitting every week. Then yeah. I got on a little bit of a hot streak, and then at, we started alternating a little bit at the end. And last week, neither of us hit. When was the last time that happened? And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna tail this for for half a unit myself. Yeah, before, yeah, yeah. I love we're we're hitting it. We're we're going there today. There we you have it. Trevor's five pick entry for week seventeen. C.J. Beathard lower thirty two and a half passing attempts. Zamir White higher than 70 and a half rushing yards. Michael Pittman Jr. higher than six and a half receptions. Bailey Zappi lower than two and a half and a half passing yards. Zeke Elliott higher than 46 and a half rushing yards. Some of these projections may move by the time you are listening to this as a podcast, but we will also have explanations written in an article form up on Saturday morning in case you want to read more about why we took these picks. And with that, I'm going to get you. It's not going to be as sexy. It's not going to be a three, a five pick. But I am also going to involve a stack with my entry here. And I'm starting right back with that uh, Tennessee Titans versus Houston uh, game. And I'm stacking one of my boys, Will Levis, on his passing yards. I'm going higher than 215 and a half passing yards. He's back this week. And I'm stacking him with DeAndre Hopkins, who, by the way, was at 57 and a half yesterday. And he's now at 60 and a half receiving yards. I don't care because he's getting 100. Here's the deal with Houston. They rank, since they're by, they rank number 23 in dropback EPA for play allowed. Okay, that's great. Um, well, uh, the opposite. That, that's great for us, not great for them. 
Uh, now you click on their injury report. Let's let, you go on any site, ESPN, let's say, right? You look at their depth chart. Um, there is a Q tag that is in red um, when someone is hurt and they're questionable. Um, every single member of their base 4-3 defense is questionable except Christian Harris. Will Anderson, questionable. Lee Collins, questionable. Sheldon Rankins, questionable. Jonathan Greenard, questionable. Denzel Perriman, questionable. Blake Cashman, questionable. Steven Nelson, questionable. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Houston won't be great on defense this week. Um, so I'm just going to attack it. Amari Cooper and Joe Flacco destroyed them last week. We don't need that level, that historic level of production. We need Will Lavis to have an above-average game and DeAndre Hopkins to have an above-average game after uh, DeAndre Hopkins has gone lower in back-to-back games. And last week, it was with Ryan Tannehill. And specifically, on the DeAndre Hopkins matchup, Houston, number eight in the NFL in zone coverage rate. DeAndre Hopkins thrives in zone. I've attacked him every time he's played an above-average zone defense, and it's hit. You look at his numbers on playerprofiler.com on his player page. Again, zone, his win rate versus man, 25.9%. Versus zone, 60.5%. Target rate, about even between both. But he just eats in zone. That's where they go. They have nobody else they want to go to when they see zone coverage. And you look at some of the opportunity he's gotten when Will Levis was healthy, 134 air yards um, in his first game with Will Levis at quarterback. That was the game where he scored three touchdowns. Then 60 receiving yards on 150 air yards, 27 receiving yards on 162 air yards, 59 on 63 air yards, 49 on 68, 75 on 184, 124 on 171. Opportunity is always there. Now he gets the soft matchup, so I'm going to stack them that way. I love it. I personally already bet these, so I got the lines lower. So I love this play uh, already on them, and it's uh, it's it's a great spot. He you broke it down perfect. He just he's eaten zone so far, so this is a good spot to attack. Too many injuries. Um, it's uh, I, I get CJ's coming back, but tough spot for Houston. And I need to pair this with something, right? I need to pair this with third pick. When in doubt. You go back to your systems, and uh, when 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 I need, you know, I need agendas to push. You go to DK Metcalf. When I need, you know, a, a, a kicker uh, play, I usually go back to the kicker, winning kickers against the Jets. Didn't hit last night for the first time all season, but I'm gonna go back to a system here, and it is fade James Cook when the books have overreacted, and I'm going to James Cook. I've taken his lower two times this season. They've hit both times. I'm going back a third time. I'm taking his lower on rushing yards, and it has nothing to do with the fact that I don't think he's a good player. That's the misconception, right? Like people on on Twitter, they they will they will run to defend George Pickens when I say that he is not a great separator. They'll run to Twitter when I say that James Cook is not a great fantasy asset in the long run. It's because we know who James Cook is, and you should know who James Cook is. He's a he's a decent player, but he's heavily reliant on his run blocking. Buffalo, one of the best offensive lines in the league. Outside, James Cook, outside the top 30 among all running backs in uh, yards created per touch. He lets the offensive line put in the work for him, and he takes advantage, credit to him. He runs in a straight line when the holes are there, and he gets his yards, okay? Good for him. This is a bad matchup because even though the Buffalo Bills are probably going to be playing from ahead here, you probably need 17, maybe 18 carries to get to this uh, this projection for James Cook. 
And I don't see that happening with Latavius Murray still healthy, but also Leonard Fournette was called up hours before uh, the, the Bills game last week against the Chargers. And he immediately got five carries and, by the way, was more efficient than James Cook. Uh, he immediately got five carries. He even got red zone carries in his first game for the Bills. So I think the Buffalo Bills have time and again realized that James Cook is not a permanent bell cow. The design runs have been there all season long for Josh Allen. And to capital off the matchup is tough. Six of James Cook's eight times that he's gone over this projection it's been against bottom 10 run stop win rate defenses. The New England Patriots, since coming off their bye, number two in rush EPA per play allowed, and number five on the season in run stop win rate. If he want, if they give him 20 carries and he gets to this, it, it, it if he gets 20 carries, he still might not get to this. That's how tough a matchup it is. But if he gets to this because he got 20 carries, so be it. I'll tip my cap. I think this line is too high. That'll be my, my three piece. Uh, yeah, I, I love James Cook. I Anybody that knows me, follows me on socials, know I pumped him all season. He is delivered in fantasy. He got us to the finals. He got us to championships. Uh, but this is not a week when I looked at the matchups and went, man, I, I'm going to really count on him in week 17. Um, agree. agree. This, is a, uh, this is definitely a spot we can see some more Lenny. Hey, let's see how Lenny's going to work. Can we work him into the offense a little bit better? Um and I, I just actually think with New England's banged up secondary, they just throw the ball. They get Kincaid going again. They get Diggs going again. Um, I think this is a spot, you know, uh, we saw the game Davis, you know, token week that we needed. So now they're going to get their stars going before they go into the playoffs. I completely agree. I just don't see how Stefan Diggs goes into this week 18 with three straight games of not being a big part of the offense. So uh, good point there as well. And I know that Stefan Diggs always – you know, demolishes the Patriots and the Patriots defense is uh, the, their past defense is about as bad as it, it has been over the last few years. And still Diggs has produced against the Patriots. They got to get him going, but there's my three piece. Will Levis higher than two and a half, two fifteen and a half passing yards stacked with Deandre Hopkins higher than 60 and a half receiving yards compared that with James Cook lower than 65 and a half rushing yards. I don't care if James Cook scores 30 fantasy points. Just don't, get the rushing yards to 66. We have a question from Max in the chat. If you had to pick a QB in week 17, who would you pick from Levis, Browning, or Jaron Hall? And for me, it's Jake Browning, just because I think this Chiefs-Bengals game, once again, will be competitive. There's been a lot of talk surrounding Jamar Chase and what he said about the Chiefs. I think it'll be a high-passing volume game for Jake Browning, and I think he'll see some success. You look for that touchdown ceiling. I like Levis this week, obviously, but I think Browning has the slight edge. Agree. I mean, you're not starting Hall versus Green Bay. Like, just this, yeah. he shouldn't even be in the conversation. Um, I say I lead Browning over Levis, but I don't think it's a massive gap. Um, but when I look at game environments and upsides, uh, I haven't, I really get my DFS dives done like starting after the show. Uh, so I'll have a little better look at a few of these games starting tonight. Uh, but right now I'd lead Browning, um, you know, Chase, you know, T, uh, you know, there we've seen what teams are doing to KC and this game matters for both of these teams a lot. So um, if I'm looking at game environment, I always want to go with the game that I think can go off. And uh, if you're trying to win, it's, it's probably Browning for me, but I don't think it's a big gap. We are on the same page. Good luck in your fantasy final, Max. 
Good luck to you, Trevor, with these finals after George Pickens and Amari Cooper got you there on the underdog uh, Superflex finals. Good luck to you. Good luck to everybody, not just in the fantasy finals, but also playing Pickens on underdog and betting on the NFL. If you want more betting content for uh, the weekend, check out our other show, The Juice, run by Memphis Young on Friday nights in a couple of hours. Just head over to the Player Profile YouTube channel or Facebook. He'll be live later today. And if you are uh, hearing this on podcast, make sure you come next week for week 18, our last of the regular season, week 18 of the underdog pick him, uh, player uh, profiler pick him power hour before we get into the playoffs. I'm so ready. You know what? Screw the, 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 the 4-0. We don't need that. Screw the 5-0. Let's go 8-0 this week, baby. We'll see you in week 18. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.